This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Cents, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Weeboon. Now, it's a well-known fact that money is one of the most common subjects for couples to argue about. In fact, studies have shown that regardless of the happiness level within a relationship, money is a topic that couples can consistently disagree on. Now, it can be exciting dating someone new, getting to know them, getting into a committed relationship with them, but when exactly is the right time to talk about money? How do you start a conversation about it and maybe what are some of the red flags to watch out for? Well, joining me to discuss this is Soraya Zainuddin, founder and writer for Ringgit or Ringgit.com. Good morning and welcome to the show, Soraya. Um, before we dive into datingscape of like dating and money, maybe we can start off with like before you actually go out into dating world, you know, you're single now and you want to date, but should you have some financial plan or should you be, what kind of financial consideration should you be making for yourself as before you kind of like dive into the dating world? Well, I think, Sim, when you first start to go about in your dating life, I think you should have already achieved or at least in progress with your own self-development. At the very least, you owe the person who you're dating or about to date that you should be a mature person or at least progressing towards that. Start finding out about, you know, be someone who is in the growth mentality instead of being in the stagnant mentality. So I think the person who you're dating would hopefully will want to date uh, towards a more having a more serious goal, uh, such as marriage or, or kids, and you owe them the best version of yourself. So when you start dating, you know, what are some of the red flags that you think someone should watch out for right, when they are starting to go out or meet a new partner? When it comes to red flags, generally speaking, I think most people deserve a chance at love. Maybe, you know, one red flag of mine is another green flag for another person. So I truly believe that most people deserve a chance of love. But I do think that there's one particular type of red flag that you should look out for. And this particular red flag, you should probably do your best to avoid when you're trying to date someone. You should avoid people who are within what they call the dark triad. Um, these are people who are narcissists, psychopaths, and Machiavellian. People with these traits tend to be callous and manipulative. They're willing to do or say practically anything to get their way. They have an inflated view of themselves and are often shameless about self-promotion. And these individuals are likely to be impulsive and may engage in dangerous behavior. And in some cases, even committing crimes without any regard for how their actions affect others. So I would say that when you date someone in this um, dark triad category, whether they are narcissists, psychopaths, or machiavellian, or a combination of those three, they are more likely to manipulate you, including financially. Perhaps, you know, they could ask you to buy things uh, for them in order to prove their love, right? And with AKPK, sometimes you hear about these kind of things like, oh, my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my tunang or my spouse asked me to buy this for them. If not, they will say they don't love me, right? They would manipulate you into getting into debt for them. They might feel entitled to your things, to your money, you know, like pay this for me, pay that for me. And this is the whole premise. If you, if you, Going to Netflix, that's a good show that called Tinder Swindler. That's a classic example of someone who does, you know, when you date someone who does belong in the dark triad um, category. Uh, the thing is identifying these kind of people 
can be a bit hard. So you can either, you know, identify them through experience or you can do what I did and um, buy a book. Um, I can suggest just one really good book. It's called Surrounded by Psychopaths by Thomas Erickson. Give, give it a shot. They have um, some, he, he wrote some really good, you know, examples of how people are manipulated by, by psychopaths and how to um, identify them. Um, sometimes they are really good at hiding themselves and their nature until they married you because they're really good at deceiving people. Yep, of course. And especially nowadays, whether we like it or not, we are seeing more reports, more cases of uh, partners being scammed, suspected individuals, you know, luring, like those love scams and everything, right? And, and all these these dark triad personalities, I mean, they, they stem from somewhere. And, you know, I would wager that if you are, if you could educate yourself to be more aware of these personality traits, maybe not fully, you know, maybe that person might not be a complete psychopath, but these type of attitudes exist, right? Where they take, they, they, they do sometimes take advantage of the unsuspecting individual. And this could be a guy, could be a girl, could be anything, but you just need to be aware and protect yourself. But okay, let's move on to now that you are starting to date someone, right? You, you start starting to get to know that person, right? And yes, it might be different for different people, how they kind of like want to get to know the, their partner. How does the financial aspect come into this, right? Is it okay to talk about money? And if you are, right, what kind of conversations are you having about money? Some people think that money conversation is only like, oh, how much money do you make? Or like, how much savings do you have? Like, you know, what job do you have? Money conversation goes beyond that. And I think even for most people, even for myself, I think that's a bit too direct. <laughs> and I don't even ask, you know, like salary until after, you know, we're seriously engaged and, and about to get married. So I would say that even if you want to have money conversation with someone, you can be a bit more tactful about it. You can, you know, talk about values and your backgrounds and how they grew up. You can find out a lot about their relationship with money and personal, ha- personal finance habits this way. And what you said, Sim, that, that's a really good point because it's really, really important for everyone to understand. It's important to know that for some people, money conversations for them is very, very natural. It just flows naturally. But for others, maybe it needs a little bit of planting. And it all depends on how you grow up. Um, I, you know, you, you see those, this um, all the time with um. Sometimes I, when I meet people, when I was still dating, I meet people and, you know, they just started talking about their jobs. And I realized that, oh, wow, they're so open about like how much they're making. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. It just, you know, it just is reflective of how they grew up. So people who grew up in an environment where money topics are discussed in a very positive way, they usually aren't very scared to talk about money topics. They might talk about business even on the first date. Right. But for someone else, when um, they grew up where perhaps they witnessed their parents fighting over money. Right. Mm. So they already associate money with a very negative feeling. They don't want to bring it up because they thought that if they bring it up, that means that they must be fighting. Right. Or even in some cases where they don't even see um, the, the environment where they grew up is that money topic isn't even discussed. So they find it a little bit hard to talk about money simply because they're not used to it. When you talk about your partner, about money topics, just be aware of this. Just see how your person, how the person you're dating reacts to money topics and then kind of like adjust accordingly. Again, you don't have to be super direct and be like, you know, how much money do you have? How much savings do you have? But ask about your values and backgrounds and all that. And I do want to recommend, uh, there's this really good article from, why and the unitabudget.com. The, the topic is called, the article is called 
84 financial questions to ask your partner. And I, I highly recommend it. And it categorizes different money conversations in different phases of relationship. So question to ask when you're newly dating is are things like, do you have any vacations planned? Or like, what's your dream vacation? Um, you know, what's your, what's your dream job? Um, if someone gave you $100,000, what would you do with it? Or you can ask them, like, what's the last big thing that you bought? And was it worth it? You know, this kind of topics is is just a very fun to explore uh, when you're you know dating to get to know each other, and it can tell a lot about your partner's um attitude towards money. Yep, and then you can see whether those values and attitude align. We're gonna take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM eighty nine point nine. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Wee Boon and today's topic is about money and relationship. Joining me to discuss this is Soraya Zainuddin. She's the founder and writer for Ringgit or Ringgit.com. Now earlier, uh, before the break, we were talking about some of the kind of conversations that you should have with someone uh, when you just started dating or when you're going into a relationship and she gave out a list of really interesting questions that maybe you should be asking your partner or the person that you're dating through the different phases of the relationship. Right, but Soraya, let's say you do start asking these questions. Right, is there a gauge on a certain values that maybe you can compromise? Are there those things that you think that like, oh, really, if we are not uh, in line with this, there's really no way this could work? Okay, so I have a theory about this. I think that at the end of the day, you should try to find out where you and your partner leaning in the conservative, progressive scale. So here's my theory. So um, hear me out, yeah. Conservative men think men should pay all in the relationship. And conservative women want husband to pay all. They might use religion, they might use culture, they might use you know, tradition to back it up. And you hear this all the time. On the other hand, progressive women and progressive men, they're generally more okay with sharing expenses. And you can also see this happening, especially in the urban areas, where... You know, it's fairly common for when uh, someone goes out on a date, they would either split the bill or take turns paying. So at the end of the day, marry someone with similar values. If you are conservative, then I think you should probably look for someone who's also conservative. If you're progressive, I think you should probably look for someone who is also progressive. Or if you happen to fall for someone on the other side of the spectrum, and no one is really, you know, like 100% conservative or 100% progressive. Most people fall somewhere in the, you know, in the middle or lean one side more than the other. But as much as possible, try and find out where they, where they are. Because they, it can be like, there's, there's a few problems if you don't know where your partner lies in this spectrum. Yeah, so these are the intangible parts that sometimes can be a bit difficult to determine, right? And also, I think sometimes there's so many other factors that contribute to pressures of uh, tradition, family, and even the um, situation you're in. So all these factors factor in. And that's why having these money conversations are important early on in your relationship so that you can assess the values, you can prepare, mentally prepare yourself. Because, you know, I've heard stories where a couple's never talked about money and all the way up to, mm. like, even after they're married and they start having children and then they start having conversations about money and I think that can be a shocking experience but let's dive back in let's go back into the dating the, during the dating phase right 
what kind of expenses do you think is okay for a couple to share on? Because, I mean, yeah, you know, there'll be times where the boyfriend might buy the food, buy dinner, then the girlfriend might do their presents for each other. But let's say, like, you go on a vacation or you want to buy something that both of you will be utilizing as a couple or whatever. Right? You know, what's your thoughts on this, like, sharing expenses? Is there a limit on things that you should share? When it comes to sharing expenses, Sim, it would go back to the to the conservative um, progressive scale. Again, conservative men and women expect the men to pay everything, whereas if they're more progressive, then they're a lot more fine with, with sharing expenses. But I'll, I'll just answer your question with how we have done it, like how I have done it when I was dating. and when We share a lot of our expenses. We consider ourselves um, you know, fairly on the progressive side, not 100%, but fairly on the progressive side. And even during like dating phase, you know, taking turns, paying for things is completely okay. Um, I think what makes it maybe a bit more tricky is if the couple have big, you know, if the couple is progressive um, and they have a big difference in their salary scale. So for example, if they expect to, you know, share expenses, but one person makes way more and then it just, causes the other person to spend more beyond their means. So that can be a little bit tricky and, and you know, you need like a whole other separate conversation about like, okay, when we're dating, we need to, you know, this is the budget that we, that I can afford to, to spend on dates and all, and all that so that it doesn't financially harm <laughs> the other person when they're in the dating phase. Okay, so this part is also interesting, right? Where maybe you're dating someone that has a bit more means, right? They, they, they have more financial freedom to spend on more expensive things that maybe you don't, right? How do you think that like a couple can approach this divergence? First of all, I just want to say something to all listeners, yeah? People usually date and marry within their own socioeconomic level. For example... Rich guy, marry rich girl. That's, you know, you can see statistics, that's usually the case. Uh, the reason why I say this is because it's quite common for women to want to marry up. Because women, we grew up in this, you know, Cinderella, what they call the Cinderella fantasy. Uh, you know, all of us grew up with all the the, the trope, the, the rich man says poor girl trope where we grew up. You know, you can see this in, in a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows, um, most of the old Disney movies. Um, um, but it's more uncommon than anything. In most cases, people marry within the same socioeconomic level. What I'm trying to say here is that in case there's any like, you know, listeners hoping to find a rich spouse, might as well you channel your efforts to to, to, to be to be rich yourself rather than to find a rich spouse. That's what I'm trying to say. But goes back to your, your question, how does privilege fall into this conversation, right? Um, I said in the beginning about how your partner deserves the, the best version of yourself. You should be, you know, uh, already working on your own um, self-limiting beliefs and all that. That's a separate conversation, but it goes back to respect. Um, in a heterosexual relationship, the I think the richer man has to respect his partner, her, um, beyond her ability to do domestic duties, beyond her, her, you know, child-wearing, cooking, home duties. And on the flip side, the richer woman also has to respect him or her partner beyond his role as a provider. Right? This is assuming that the richer woman who, who takes someone way outside of her, her tax bracket 
he has to respect him beyond his role, beyond his like ability to make money. And when you take out of this picture, then everything else shines, like the personality shines, how well you, you vibe together. Um, and, and that, again, it goes back to respect and not just like what society or what you know, culture expects the role of a, of a man or, or a woman. But when it goes back into a conversation, then it goes back into um, you know the, the money top money conversations I sh- I shared earlier. Um, I shared some questions to ask if you're nearly dating. But when you are seriously dating, you can start to ask more you know a bit more deeper questions. For example, you can ask about do you think your parents were good with money, right? Or you can also ask, what kind of area did you grow up in? You know, what are you? How do you manage your money? Right? Do you have a budget? Uh, what is your opinion on that? Okay. Or you can also ask if you want to buy something expensive, how would you pay for it? You can also ask how do you how far ahead do you like to plan financially? And again, what I shared earlier about different people have different. Uh, uh, they have a different comfort level when it comes to money topics. If they don't like to talk about money directly, then you can ask about, you know, their more to their values or their situation right now. For example, like, do you want to have kids someday? Or like, not, you know, if you if they have any, where did they study and, and things like that. Okay, so lastly then, what kind of tips that you have for couples and their money, right? How how should they start talking money and what are kind of the important parts that you, you think that they should touch on as they go through their dating life? And this is before they got married, before they get engaged, just when they're still dating. I think that when you're dating someone, I'm going to go back to the fact that love makes you stupid. <laughs> right? so, Doesn't it? You want to be rational. You really do. I understand that you know, listeners you know, want to know, okay, what is the best way so that I will find like the best mate possible. But sometimes when you fall in love, all that goes out of the window. So the most important thing I would say is, you know, hope for the best but prepare for the worst and in this you know in this um in this case that means you know you hope for the best that that you fall in love but in case it doesn't work out have your escape plan so don't depend on this person 100 or like still have your never ever touch your your six months 12 months emergency savings right just in case in case if you, you know, you're, when you're dating someone and you need to break up, then you still have, um, you know, money can help you escape a, a, a relationship, whether it is, you know, whether you separate on good terms or in the worst case situation, whether you separate on, on really bad terms. Um, and this is especially important if you are unfortunate enough to have ever dated someone who is a narcissist, who is, um, who is a psychopath, who is a Machiavellian, you know, people who belong to the dark triad and people who um who who lack empathy, people who who, uh, who might even like steal your money. Uh, money, your savings ultimately will be able to save you at the end of the day. So don't be afraid so much about the, the falling in love part, you know, but but worry if you don't have a, a way to escape if the relationship turns abusive. Right, okay. Those are good notes to end this segment on. I've been speaking to Soraya Zainuddin, founder and writer for Ringgit or Ringgit.com. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. This is Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Weeboon from The Morning Run. We've got the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. Ringgit. 
and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.